Um, how is everybody doing? Still in quarantine. Feels like it's never going to be over, but it's all good. My, I talked to my boss on Saturday because I sent her some flowers from Mother's Day. I shouldn't have. I sent her some flowers from Mother's Day. It's weird to send those to your boss, but you know, we cool like that. Anyway, she literally tells me, she's just like, Kim, I am so over this shit. If I am just going to get it, I'm just going to get it. Like, I don't even care anymore. And I think a lot of people are starting to feel that way. That's why they're opening up. They're slowly opening up everything here. Anyway, um, nothing interesting has happened. Um, I watched an interview, which is where we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. Um, but yeah, it's still been, you know, very quarantine. Um, no signs of it slowing down anytime soon. And honestly, you know, I'm so used to it at this point that I really don't know what real life is going to be like when it goes back. I don't know. I'm scared. Anyway, so <laughs> that was a weird intro. Um, yeah. So I watched, I actually rewatched this movie the other day. Um, it's a movie called The Interview. If you don't know, they released it in 2014. It's with Seth Rogen and James Franco. And it is about... Um, James Franco is a talk show host and Seth Rogen is his producer and so Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-un is leader of North, North Korea and so they're invited to do an interview with Kim Jong-un but uh, the CIA somehow gets involved and then they put it give them a job to actually kill Kim Jong-un um, if you don't remember this basically they took this movie out of of theaters because there was like a threat looming from Kim Jong-un um so they didn't put the movie to theaters they put it straight on Netflix and I think that's what happened yeah and um when you watch it it's so so as most movies are that they sort of freak out over um but it's so nonsensical the interview is actually really funny. Um, you can kind of tell, like, when Seth Rogen and Jeff James Franco make movies together, it's kind of like they're really not acting. You can tell that they're really that stupid. And they just sort of just turn the camera on, and they have sort of maybe like a skeleton script of what is supposed to happen in that scene, and they just go. Um, one thing I have to give James Franco... James Franco is, is, if you probably don't know, has had a lot of allegations against him. Plus, I've heard from a personal source that he's really not a very great person. But I'll give credit where I'll give credit where credit is due. He's actually very, very funny. I've seen him in a lot of movies, and James Franco is actually really, really funny in a lot of movies. He's actually probably one of my favorite comedic actors. Um, and he's really, really funny in this one. I really wanted something funny to watch and I saw it and it popped up on them suggested movies on the Netflix playlist so I was like yeah yeah sure um I think that uh if you're looking for something I don't know what kind of humor everybody likes I kind of like really natural flowy humor like it takes a really skilled actor to kind of do that when you're just you're just funny and we just turn the camera on and it just looks like you're not even acting and I feel like when James Franco makes these movies with Seth Rogen and that cast. That's what happens because they're 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 friends anyway. They're really comfortable around each other, so they really don't have to act. 
so I thought it was really funny and I think you should watch it I don't know if it would really suffice you now um, but it's funny. Seth Frank, uh, Seth Rogen is funny too. He's really funny in this movie, and um, he's funny in a lot of stuff. Like I, I don't realize that Seth Rogen because he he plays the same character in every single movie, but um, they're they're always kind of funny. He just knows what works for him, and um, he's funny in this. And the whole plot is so stupid, but that's the point. It's like they know it's stupid, but it's still funny. Anyway, um, yeah, you should you should totally, if you get a chance, like if you're, I don't know what kind of humor people like these days because a lot of stuff I don't get. Like, for example, I watched uh, Good Boys on HBO, a movie that Seth Rogen produced. And it's basically like three little kids. It's supposedly a sex comedy. I don't even know what the Good Boys was really about they were going to get something they were going to a party and I think they had to go get some. I don't even remember the plot of this movie but it's basically like a raunchy comedy with three little boys and this movie made like a hundred something million dollars at the box office on a very small budget and it wasn't funny it really wasn't funny and um but you know people love that um another example of things that people think are funny that are not for me, I can't stand the movie Anchorman. I remember going to see it in a movie theater. Well, it wasn't even a movie theater. Um, it was like, I miss, oh, this is gonna be another tangent. I always do this, I have one thought, I'm like, okay, let me get this part out first and then I'm gonna go to the other thought. Um, okay, so Anchorman came out in, uh, when I lived in Tuscaloosa, they had like a dollar show. Um, so we went to go see Anchorman. We were so excited because at the time I was, was I really, was not going to the theater very much. I think I don't think Tuscaloosa had a real movie theater at the time. It wasn't. It wasn't until they didn't build that movie theater until very recently after, before even before I left. So it really wasn't a real movie theater. It was like a, like a three. Anyway, you are not interested in any of that. Anyway, we saw it at the Dollar Show, and we were so excited because we heard this movie was going to be so hysterical. And we just sat there in horror. Me and my two friends just sat there in horror because everybody was in that movie dying. We were just sitting there like, what is everybody laughing at? What are they laughing at? I don't get it. I don't get it. And when it was over, I remember my friend Adam put his face in his hands because he was just like, I cannot believe I wasted two hours of my life watching that movie. And I felt the same way he did. Um, I, I don't really get... Will I mean, this is just gonna be like a bashing of people, but okay, I don't really get Will Ferrell. He's funny. He was funny as Step Brothers, kind of, but um, he he was really funny on Saturday Night Live. But his movies, I just I just don't get it. But um, I do find that whole Seth Rogen click and what he does pretty funny. I also really like the movie This Is the End which I heard, which you can totally tell, they just basically just acted stupid, and you put it on camera and put it out, um, it was, it was funny, um, so yeah, um, what else can I say about the interview and comedies these days, I have a lot of opinions on comedies, um, I don't, a lot of movies in the theater, I just don't find, a lot of comedies, I just don't find funny, I just have a special sense of humor, do I have a special sense of humor? Special implies, I hate when people say they're special because special kind of implies that you're better than people. I hate when people say that, you know, 
they sort of give themselves versions of being a special snowflake. Something like along the lines of like, you know, my mind just works really differently than most people. It's just going a mile a minute, mile a minute. I can't even sleep because my heart is racing, my mind is racing. Some BS like that. Or like, you know, I'm just always thinking, I'm just always creating, I'm just always writing stuff down. Who isn't? You know? And um, I, I can't stand when people do that. And I totally forgot my point. But um, I forgot my point. I really did. Legit forgot my point. But my point is, <laughs> the point off of that statement is that I really can't stand when people sort of give themselves excuses to be some sort of special snowflake. And then when they give that excuse, it's um, it's basically something so basic that everybody does. Or it's basically like another version saying like they're into themselves. Like I'm totally, you know, I'm totally into myself. It's just my mind is working a mile a minute and I'm always thinking, always creating, always thinking ahead. Who ain't? Who isn't? You know? Um, but yeah, um, I really admire people who just sort of just be like, you know, ain't nothing special going on up in here. <laughs> There's nothing. Because if you really think about it, nobody is really special. Nobody's really special. There are some people who are true that are actual geniuses I guess there are um but you don't really like they're not going around bragging about how what kind of geniuses they are they just are they just have a compass a mental capacity and they're just so used to that mental capacity they don't feel the need to go around bragging how special they are you know anyway um what did I do today so I worked and I watched the Southern Charm marathon did y'all ever watch Southern Charm on Bravo okay it's like the whitest show ever um I don't really know what it's about but I did watch like five or six episodes today basically they're in there's a bunch of white people I'm uh, if you all haven't guessed I'm I'm black I'm African-American by the way I'm black but um there's a bunch of white people who are living in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, one guy, and they're all rich, except for this one guy. He's not rich, but he's well off. His name is Craig, but he's like, his family gave him a really perfect life, but he still has to work for a living. But everywhere else, everybody else is rich. Excuse me, Lord Jesus. Um, and everybody else is rich. So, um, they're, they have a reality show about their lives in Charlotte and these people, my God, I wonder what it'd be like if they came like down the, these people, I don't think I've ever seen a, a person of color in their life. I really don't. <laughs> I just sat there and I was just watching it. I was just fascinated by like, wow, you know, they're just so Southern. And I used to live in the South, like, I, as I just said, like, 50 million times I lived in Tuscaloosa, and I'm always fascinated. See, this is the thing that about the South as far as, like, being around people of color more so than black people. We'll just say black people. Black people, Asian people, Indian, Spanish, Indian, Spanish whatever. Um, the, thing, the difference between something like people, white people are in a Southern state I don't think this is necessarily true, but this was my experience in, in Alabama. It's so small because five, there's like 500, no, excuse me, 5 million people in the entire state. That's, that's what's in 
that's the amount of people in like metropolitan LA maybe it's like three million just in the metropolitan LA county alone if not four or five but the thing about Alabama maybe Georgia not even Georgia but probably Alabama is so small definitely Mississippi is that these like old southern white money it's so small that you're going to have to be around a black person at some point or you're going to have to be around like they either unfortunately they probably work for you or they go to school with your kids or something like that um or they know them through something else because it's so small you're actually going to have to interact with a black person at some point at a job at some kind of function so they have no choice but to somehow maybe interact with you like that I'm talking about that old southern I don't even know if I should even post this <laughs> so bad but uh, the difference between here and something like a big city like New York um, and and LA is that uh, you know you have a lot of people who have that kind of money who live on their side of town and they really don't have to interact with people of color that's what I find um, and I feel that way about these people on Southern Charm. It's just like, man, I was just honestly really fascinated by how white they were. I really was. They just have a whole other life. Like if I sat in the room and they were just talking, I would have, and I'm pretty good at like following along with most things. I pride myself on that because you know, I'm a pretty open-minded person. So I can, I can follow along with most things. Do I like it? Do I agree with it? No, but I can follow along. I feel like if they were all sitting in the room talking, I was just sitting there with them. I would have absolutely nothing to like, I would have absolutely no idea what they were talking about. Like no idea what they were talking about. Um, there's this guy, Shep on this show. Um, he reminds me of like frat boys in Alabama. They all wore, they all had like this like floppy curly hair. They're all really tall and skinny. They wore Patagonia shorts and like lacrosse t-shirts. It was like their uniform. And they all had money. And they all um, somehow managed to get these really fantastic jobs right out of college. Even though you got people who had way better grades than them. Um, but they still just landed on their feet before they even left. Like high, high caliber on their feet before they even left. Um, that's, that's what they remind me of. And, um, I found it fascinating. I really did. Um, I just, you know, I living, I feel like since I've been in a way, um, I think about this all the time. I've, I've moved here in 2007, you know, and I've been on this earth a long time. I really don't feel like I really knew what real life was like before I moved here. Like, oh God, this is how people are. This is really, really, really disappointing and sad and scary and disheartening. You know, I lived in a, in a not saying that Alabama was a bubble, but um, it was just, it was just so small and everybody knew everybody and you just kind of did the same thing over and over again it's really easy to get into routine i i when i go back there i love it because it's just it's just so easy you get on one side of town there's no traffic and 
you know, it's just so easy. And I know it's not. I know every place has its issues, but it's just so easy when I lived there, and which is why I wanted to leave. Well, I didn't want to leave just because of that. But I wanted to leave because everybody else was leaving. I knew I, I wanted to. I kind of thought when I moved here, it would be like a bigger Tuscaloosa. I thought people would be really snobby, and I thought people would be, like, meaner, but not nearly the extent that they ended up being. So how does this relate to the interview, Kim? nothing it relates nothing to the interview (laughs) i did want to come on and recommend some good movies to you um comedies are really subjective though they're just so it's just so i feel like comedies are so personal people i think people don't really find um different they have really different um varying tastes of drama I really don't I think drama is just drama you watch it it's a tearjerker or something that makes you angry or something that thought is thought-provoking I feel like drama or something like that is kind of universal in that aspect thriller is a thriller everybody's gonna sort of if it's a good thriller everybody's gonna sort of be on the edge of their seat or whatever or holding their breath maybe not or they'll at least be like okay I was a little tensed up in a couple of parts whereas comedy people really find it funny or they really can't freaking stand it you know what I mean there's no in between they're like I found it funny oh it's alright I thought it was okay or um, I really can't freaking stand it you know I know when somebody recommends a comedy to me I'm like Ugh, okay I don't watch it and it's just I watch it it's just like why do I even bother let's think of a movie that actually did that that happened to Anchorman was one um I don't know you know a movie that everybody finds funny that I watch now that I just I feel I feel like I was laughing at it because everybody else was laughing at it Bridesmaids it's fine it's funny in some parts but is it hysterical all the way through I feel like when I went to go see it at the movie theater, I went to go see it. Oh, excuse me. What? The last podcast was definitely this one on the audit. Um, I feel like when everybody went to go see it, it was just so, like, so hyped up. And I was so ready to laugh. And it's like you go into these movies so ready to laugh. And you're just, like, forcing yourself to laugh as the audience is cracking up. So you're really laughing at the audience. You're not laughing at the movie. That's how I feel about Brian's face. Some parts were funny. But overall, it was just okay. I feel like the interview was funnier than Bridesmaids. Um, what else is something like that that people just love? I keep bringing up Anchorman because it's like the first thing that comes to my mind. But a lot of Will Ferrell comedies are like that. I just be like, I watch them and I just be like, uh, okay. Um, Talladega Nights was, eh, it was okay. Um, the only one I found kind of remotely funny, I think, was Step Brothers. Um, Eddie Murphy has a really funny movie on Netflix called Dolomite Is My Name. That's really funny, you know? So, like I said, comedy is subjective. I can't come on here with comedies all the time because people are like, can you recommend this to me? And it was absolute BS. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I thought it was funny. Whereas if it's a drama or a thriller people just be like oh you know it, it was sad but it was all right i was entertained or something anyway i don't even know what i'm talking about um what else did i want to talk about is there something okay i'm curious something um so we're, we're in day like blah, 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 of cutine um i think saturday was the first day i really wanted it to be over 
not over, but I kind of really was just over it. Um, in the stores, you got, I think you can have like 50 people capacity in like Target and a grocery store, right? So um, I drove to Target. No one was going to be in line. It was like I drove past two Targets in which the lines for those particular Targets were wrapped all the way around the block just to go into Target. Um, and I really miss <laughs> being able just to go in Target, grab some antihistamines, and then walk out. And um, that's weird that you can't do that anymore. Like, you can't do that, and you don't really know when you'll be able to do that again. I don't know if we'll be able to all sit in the restaurant together anymore. Um, I don't know if we're able to be in a movie theater anymore. I don't know if they're just going to, like, oh, you can only be, like, at 25% capacity. I know, like, restaurants now, you're not going to get nice plates and dishes. We're all going to be eating off paper plates and, and uh, plastic forks, like, from now on. Um, I don't know if we're going to be wearing masks. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know if, if we're, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. Nobody knows. It's just really, really uncertain. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to be around anybody's proximity anymore to like get close to them. I don't know what's going to happen with people dating. Like, I don't know. Something else I want to talk about too is like everybody I found out a lot of people are getting pregnant, like popping up pregnant on Instagram. They're not pregnant, they didn't get pregnant in quarantine, but they got pregnant before, and then now they're like announcing their pregnancy probably like five or six months. And um, I was just like, damn, I can't even get a text back on Bumble. <laughs> oh man, relationships was gonna be a very long podcast, okay? Like, that I haven't even talked about that because I've been saving it. But, um, yeah, it's like, how are these people just getting pregnant now? Like, literally, I've known three people, not three people, but one person I do know, he heard his fiance popped up pregnant. Like, they're all about the same degree of pregnant. Like, we announced it like four or five months. Yeah, I'm like, why is everybody pregnant? What the hell? Um, but yeah, it's just very strange. And I can't even get a text back on Bumble. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, that's a whole part of my life that I have not navigated but that's going to be a whole other podcast about that um other than that you know I'm okay I guess um I literally I went for my walk today um I actually look forward to working out these days I really do um I like can't wait to get out of the house to go walk and um you know it's been it's been interesting. I'm quarantined by myself, which I'm pretty sure I have mentioned before, me and my dog here. And I feel like I've, as, as one would when they're staying in the house by themselves, I feel like I've learned a lot about myself. I feel like I've learned more about myself in these two months. I've learned a lot about myself a lot in a, a ridiculous amount, probably like last year. But these two months, it's just like stuff kind of popping up. And I was just like, holy crap. I didn't know, as one would when you're sitting in the house by yourself with nothing to do but think and watch Netflix. Um, but yeah, so I guess I just don't feel so bad about it that I'm not pregnant because it's just like, mm, 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 I'm by myself, it is what it is. Um, I don't know, I feel kind of invisible, but I'm trying to embrace it. I've always spent my whole 
life trying not to be invisible and it's just like it's not working (laughs) this sounds so much worse than it is but it's just like it's not really working out it's just like you know you're just a peon in the problems of this world I think some people are just meant to kind of like stick out you know I think some people are just meant to do that they're just literally plucked from obscurity to do that and as much as I wanted to be one of those people as much as I was obsessed with being one of those people I just don't think I'm meant to that's something I've been pondering about lately I think maybe I'm supposed to be in a bad background maybe I'm supposed to be in invisible I don't know why that would be my purpose but you know I can't wouldn't have been trying moved to LA and trying this long stick out but maybe I'm supposed to be back here somewhere um and I need to sort of get comfortable being back here instead of trying to be like out there um and I and it's not I don't it's not a bad thing because the people who are out there are out there because they can either they can handle it or maybe they just they're just supposed to be like that's what purpose they serve they they serve a purpose to you know draw a specific audience that look at the time and I think I'm just not one of those people and you know it's just weird that's a very strange yet very oddly morbid thought but yeah that's it so anyway um thank you again for listening to Ramble for 25 minutes now and um watch the interview I'm gonna try to recommend some good movies from now on Hey everybody, what's going on? Long time no here, no time record. I know I haven't recorded since like that long. Since like May twenty second when I did the Lovebirds. Um, how is everybody doing tonight? Well, it's been a very strange week not strange um in no not interesting that's a bad word too but it's been a week um i'm recording this in the time of the george floyd riots uprising that's happened all over the country um a lot of rioting has happened and (laughs) um it's been a lot of conversations that I've had I feel like people are looking at me different um yeah it's really it's been a very 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 I don't know it's been a week yeah it's been a week um um but I hope all of you are safe and healthy and you know, I'm, it's been, I, I, I might, as in, with any person, African-American person in this country right now, my moods have been up and down, mostly down. Um, every time I look at the news, I just get, you know, triggered and angry and all this other fun stuff. And, um, yeah, you can't turn on anything. It's like, it's, I haven't been on social media and I haven't been on, um, well, I, I've been on social media, but I only limit myself to five minutes because it's just too much. Like a lot of the in the messages, it's just it's just too much, and it just makes you kind of. Anyway, um, we're gonna talk about happier things. <laughs> um, so I'm still in quarantine. We've been in quarantine forever, it feels like, um, but we're still here. I think we're slowly starting to come out of it, little by little. 
Um, it doesn't really feel as much like quarantine as it did the last mm, probably like two months or so um, because slowly things are starting to open up. Um, and but I'm still having my Netflix night because the movie theaters aren't open. So uh, tonight I rewatch, not watch, but rewatched the Ant Man and the Wasps, the Marvel movie Ant Man and the Wasps, the sequel to Ant Man. Um, over this break, not a break, but over this lockdown. I found myself really rewatching a lot of the Marvel movies. Um, I know a lot of people are too cool to really say they like Marvel movies, but honestly, like, you know, you're really strange if you just don't like them. I'm sorry, and I hate, I hate, I hate saying that, but it's true. You're really strange if you don't like them. But those movies have a formula, and they are so rewatchable and easy to watch. And even if they're not that great, it's just there's so, it's it's such a formula in place for all of them that they're so easy to watch, rewatchable. Some are better than others, but it's just like literally they make those movies for you to for you to do exactly this like you'll be in your house and you can either sit there and watch it and be thoroughly entertained or you could put it on in the background while you're cleaning or something like that and it still services as like a good background movie it actually does both um but some of them are better than others and this one is not one of them um the worst the worst marvel movie is thor the dark world i stand by that the sequel to the first thor i have tried to watch the movie so many times i really have and it's been on and it literally it will be on my tv from beginning to end and i'll have no idea what it was about it was about excuse me it's really late um i have no idea what it was about and um so i watched this one it wasn't as boring as Thor the Dark World but it was plot wise just as bad um so the first Ant-Man I've thoroughly enjoyed I really like the first Ant-Man I think it's really good and I think it's really underrated like nobody ever talks about it and they really like Ant-Man in um Captain America Civil War so it got the hype all over again because of that particular cameo um, but I really like the first Ant Man. I think it's a lot different than the rest of the the movies. It's actually like a heist film, and um, it's good. And it's it's about more about people kind of using their brains to sort of steal things. It's it's actually a very entertaining movie. This one is this one is not. <laughs> this one is entertaining enough. It has its moments. Um, so basically. Even if you're not from, do you have to watch all the other Marvel movies to order to be from? No, you just watch the first Ant Man. You, maybe you have to watch Captain America: Civil War too. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'll just tell you. Um, Paul Rudd plays Scott Lang, who is a former criminal. Um, who Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas, recruits to wear the Ant Man suit. And I forgot what he was trying to steal in the first Ant-Man. I don't remember. Well, 
crap, now I have to watch that one again too. But anyway, he recruits him to wear this suit and be a hero and, and solve stuff, right? God, I'm so tired. Ooh, this is bad. Um, so um, he, he does that and the Avengers get a hold of him and he goes on to fight Captain America and his buddies. No, no, fight with Captain America and his buddies in Civil War. In this one, he is on house arrest because he did that. And um, Hank Pym and his daughter Hope want to find their lost mother who's lost in this day. I am doing a really bad job of explaining this. But okay, their mother is lost. She's in some kind of subatomic realm. And um, Scott was there before. God, I totally forgot what happened the first movie. I remember now. Okay, anyway, I'm not going to go into that detail. So she is sending him messages. And so they need his help to help locate their her mom. And um, they build this lab, this little portable lab. It's not a little portable lab, this portable lab. So they ended up getting, they tried to, the FBI is looking for them and I don't really know why. The FBI is looking for Hank Pym and his daughter. I don't really know why. And they're on the run. And then they try to buy from this buyer who wants to buy the lab. The more, I hate it when I talk about movies and the more I talk about it, the more I realize it makes absolutely no sense. I hate it when that happens and this is what's happening here. Anyway, the movie makes absolutely no sense and it has some good, it has a couple good action scenes. It has like two pretty decent action, action sequences. Um, but it's not good. I think the actors really carry it, which is why it makes, it, it's an entertaining watch because Paul Rudd is so likable and Michael, Michael Douglas is so good. And then even the supporting cast, like uh, his friends, um, Michael Pena, T.I., David Dashmal, is that his name? They're actually funny. They were funny in the first one. What seriously makes that movie, what makes a lot of movies that's not that tolerable is the cast because the movie actually kind of sucks. There, that's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, the only reason you should ever watch Ant-Man and the Wasp is because it kind of is the little bridge for Avengers Infinity War, which you totally should watch. Um, that's just, I think, I haven't seen Infinity War, right? so let's talk about the Marvel movies for a second. Um, ever since I've been here, I've, I've really missed the Marvel movies, and I'm not like diehard fangirl like a lot of people, but my God, those movies are entertaining and enjoyable. They make you feel good, and that's why people pay so much money to see them. I totally understand that. And people who don't pay, like, just go see that movie and they're just not entertained, I just don't really understand what's wrong with you. You don't have to sit there and, like, be a, a diehard fan of the comic to really enjoy it. But my goodness, Avengers Endgame was, like, the best time I had last year when I went to go see that. It's like a thread on Twitter about people, like, losing their mind when the ending came because it's awesome, right? Um, and uh, my favorite favorite probably Marvel movie and nothing has beat it is Captain America Captain America Winter Soldier when I saw that movie 
Like when I saw that, I fell madly in love with Marvel. I was like, holy crap. And um, the, the action scenes in that movie are so freaking perfect. They're so pitch perfect. And it's such a good plot. And it's a good movie. Like I love Captain America Civil War. Um, Captain America, I like Captain Civil War too, but I really like Winter Soldier. Um, but as far as like whatever, what I I don't I don't, I don't want to go through the motion. Oh my god, I'm so tired. It's so like oh I'm sorry. Um, I don't want to go through the motion of um, of listing the the Marvel movies. I just don't want to do that. Of my favorites, favorites in order. I just don't. Um, but my favorites are Captain America: Winter Soldier. I don't know what's number two. I would say Infinity War is number two. Number three is Avengers Endgame. Number four would be, I would say it's Iron Man 3. I really like Iron Man 3. And number five would be Captain America Civil War. No, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. I want to take that back. Number three, number number four would be the first Captain America. That's a lie. And number five would be... Um, what did I say number four was last time? Number four was... Um, whatever number four is. My memory is like a pigeon. But yeah, Captain... Okay, so let's start over. <laughs> Captain America Winter Soldier, Avengers Endgame... No, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. Um... Number four is the first Captain America. And number five would be Iron Man 3. There you go. That's my top five. Um, and then this, I, uh, yeah, this, this Quarantine Black Widow was supposed to come out and that was supposed to kick off the start of my movie season, which is disappointing because this is like what me and my friends do. Like what I'm doing right now was what me and my friends do literally every single solitary weekend. But, you know, we haven't been able to do it. And the thing is, I've, I've, now it's fine, but I've really, really gotten really, really used to it. That does not necessarily mean I won't pay for a movie to go see it. But, you know, I'm comfortable living without it as long as they're not existing. For example, Tenet, the uh, Christopher Nolan movie, is supposed to come out on the 17th of July. And I do think with the way that everything is reopening that it is going to come out on the 17th of July. And that's probably going to be our first movie back. It looks really good. It looks like I'm not going to understand it either like all his other movies, but that's okay. I, I'll be, I'm there for it. I really am. Um, but yeah, so I the, I noticed too that Ant-Man and the got really got buried with a lot of the other movies. It's like the only Marvel movie that's not on Disney+. Plus. So I'm just like, because I was looking forward to Disney Plus, and I was just like, okay, this one I haven't seen. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. You know how I get, y'all know how I have. I have a thought that pops in my mind while I'm making another thought that annoys the crap out of me. But, um, yeah, so you see it, and um, it's not on Disney Plus. And I was like, what the heck? But then I found it on Netflix, and nobody freaking cares. I was like, what the heck? Why in the world did they put it on Netflix? But, I mean, put it on Disney Plus with other ones because it's like, because it sucks. And Disney Plus doesn't want it because it sucks that bad. Um, but yeah, watch it. It's entertaining. I think you should watch the first Ant-Man. Should you? 
Yeah. Yeah, you really don't have to. But watch the yeah, watch the first anime. But the first anime is actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. So yeah. Um other things I have been watching. Oh, other okay, let's talk about the Marvel movies I don't like. Thor the Dark World. I have sat through this movie so many times. I really don't know what it's about. I think I turned it on the other day while I was sitting on my couch working. And I usually when I'm working, I kind even though if I've seen something before, I kind of, you know how you do, you kind of pay attention to it and follow along with the plot. I looked up that movie was over. That's how tart, that's how tuned out I was with that. Um, it was, that's how completely tuned out I was with that. I still... I still don't understand it. And I think it doesn't make sense because it really doesn't link with the rest. Anyway, I don't like Thor Dark World. Other movies I don't like, what I don't like, dislike Black Panther. I just am not a fan. It's not the most rewatchable of the movies. Um, the thing when I saw Black Panther, I love the energy and the spirit of it when I went to go see it. But the movie itself is not that good. It's fine. Um, it's it's the director. Let's just let's just keep that there he's awesome but black panther is so good in all the other movies he's fantastic in civil war he was the shit in infinity war and um in endgame oh my god but this his own movie i was just like okay you know okay but um yeah i think i i'm inclined to say this i think they should have recast they should have made michael b jordan black panther he was a villain he probably didn't want to be tied down to that contract but i really do think that michael b jordan should have been cast as black panther that's just me and um the ladies in there are are really really good they just didn't have enough to do they didn't have enough action scenes so yeah, that's how I feel about Black Panther. It's alright. Um, other Marvel movies I don't like, Avengers Age of Ultron. I do not like Avengers Age of Ultron. What I feel about Avengers Age of Ultron, it was rushed. People were like just so obsessed with the Avengers when they came out, as including myself. I saw that and I was like, oh my god. I haven't had a movie experience like that since I saw the first Matrix in the theater. So they were just like, oh my God, we need to rush and get this out because people are gonna be mad at us if we don't. So they made it and it is God awful. It was rushed, it was rushed. Um, and that was the problem I had with Avengers 8. It was just it was just so rushed and I just, the movie itself just wasn't, it wasn't very good. It was too many characters. They had to kill one off. The script was a mess. It just wasn't fun. Like you watch Avengers Age, Avengers Age of Ultron compared to like Infinity freaking Infinity War. Oh my gosh. But then, um, other Marvel movies I don't like. Let's see. I need to rewatch the first Thor. It's alright. It's not great. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, it has grown on me in quarantine. It's not. I hated. I didn't hate it when I first saw it. I thought it was okay. But then I saw it. I'm like, yeah, it's not bad. I can really watch this. Rewatch this again. So yeah, um, that's my rundown. I haven't ran down all of them, but I ran down the ones that you should watch. I know a lot of y'all ain't fans of the Marvel movies. I'm not this diehard, I'm really not, but I think those movies are a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite movie trilogy, which I should talk about on here one day, is the Back to the Future movies. Three consistent, wonderful, well back, okay. 
I don't know if I should talk about this on another podcast. But my favorite movie probably is Back to the... I love Back to the Future. I don't even watch it that often. That's how much I love it because I like to preserve it. But um, I re- my favorite trilogy is the Back to the Future trilogy. First crush is Michael J. Fox. Ever. My first crush, yeah, my first TV crush is Michael J. Fox. This is just going all over the place. Um, yeah, my first TV crush is Michael J. Fox. I had the hugest crush on Michael J. Fox. His little five foot three self. Okay. Um, he's such a he. You know, one thing that one one um, aspect that gets me in trouble with men <laughs> is charisma. I've I've sat there. This is just a this is a complete non sequitur. It's like Kim. What is what's the what do you what's why do you like have such what do you look for in a man? I don't look for it, but I'll tell you what jumps out, out at me is charisma. Um, and I know y'all thinking, that jumps out at everybody. That's for everybody. No, I think a lot of women don't pick charismatic men, and they're very, very happy. When you get the charismatic man, you're just, like, enthralled by him. You know what I mean? You're just, like, enthralled by him. That's why they always get these women and all these, having all gay these women may be pregnant, child, because they're charismatic. But that's something that I, a quality that I shouldn't really look for, that I wish I could kind of turn off. I wish I could just kind of just see, like, regular dudes standing in the background. But for me, it's that charisma that just really gets to me. And Michael J. Fox, and this is a, this is a flaw, a, a, not flaw. Where am I getting from? But this is a quality in a lot of movie stars that they don't have that now. Ooh, that's a good thing to talk about. Who? What movie stars don't have no charisma? <laughs> so Michael J. Fox, his little five foot three self was a ball of charisma. He was so charismatic. He still is. And it's like when you see him on screen and when he talks, he it just jumps right out at you. Like that charisma just jumps right out at you. You can tell he could sell you a phone book. Um, a lot of actors do not have this quality anymore and I don't understand and if you don't have like your lead actor that has that kind of charisma I don't understand how you can make a movie you really can't fake charisma let me think of people who are not well I'll give you one example we just talked about Chadwick Boseman Chadwick Boseman why he's a very good actor and he means well he ain't got no charisma I'm sorry he doesn't good actor I'm glad he's working but he ain't got no charisma I thought he was miscast Okay, come fight me. Who else ain't got no charisma? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of people. I, I mean, I said Michael B. Jordan earlier should have been cast. No, he's good. He, he got charisma. He's okay. Who else? Like lead moving man. That don't, you know who don't have no charisma? I hate them naming black man. Um, that's not whatever because his dad. But that's not true because his daddy has charisma. John David Washington, who's Denzel's Washington's son, who's the lead in Tenet. I don't get it. Now, his daddy got charisma for days, all day. But him, hmm. um, who else? Who else does not have any charisma? I'm trying to think, like, what have I watched lately? Um, when I was watching that TV show, it was on Netflix called Outer Bank. I think they did a really good job of casting that show because what made that show was the actors they cast were so charismatic. They really were. They did a good job. Usually these people they cast in these shows are so bland and so boring. They don't have any talent, but they're very, like, those 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 kids. Well, they weren't kids. They're all in their 20s. They have charis- charisma. Um... 
trying to think of movies that I just watched. Like, my favorite movies that I just watched, I'm just like, this sucks. You know who I don't think has a lot of charisma? Chris Hemsworth. I think he has some, but I don't think he has enough to carry a movie. He's, like, good-looking and he's funny. He has good comic timing, but he's not super charismatic. He's just not. Chris Evans, charisma for days. Hello, goodbye. Okay? That's charisma. Robert Downey Jr., king of charisma. Um... Paul Rudd, charisma, absolutely. But Chadwick Boseman, no. And Chris Hemsworth, no. He ain't got that much. He really don't. He's a good-looking dude. He's a big dude. But he ain't got no charisma. Neither does his brother, Liam. Um, who else? I'm trying to think who else ain't got no charisma. Um, trying to think in the vein of, like, well, Tom Cruise, obviously. Uh a lot of people that think they have charisma and they don't. Adam Brody has a lot of charisma. He has a lot of charisma. He knows that too. I don't know what made me say that out loud. Um, I think of CW stars. Jensen Ackles and Jared Paladecki, they have a lot of charisma. You know, it's just not that many people, but these, I'm just naming working actors, I'm sure. And I talk about this all the time. I'm like, these people off top, just don't have any charisma. They just don't. Um, I'm going to name one more actor that doesn't have charisma. I'm not going to sit here stalling and having all this dead air <laughs> saying, ooh, he don't have any charisma. Let me see. Let me thank him. Just who jumps off the top of your head does not have any charisma. Let's think through all the shows you have watched. Who does not have any charisma? Um, Kevin Bacon has charisma. See, I keep thinking of already established people, and I'm trying to think of like current movie stars. I'm just like, why are y'all famous? I can't think of any right now. It'll come to me. But y'all know who I'm talking about. These people don't have any charisma. The only person who had charisma in the Twilight cast, this is a random thought, is Robert Pattinson. Uh, Kristen Stewart doesn't really have any charisma. Sorry, she doesn't. She don't. She's a dead lump on the log. She she don't. I, um, that's why that Charlie's Angels. Oh my goodness, this, well, this stuff is all this podcast is all over the place. But okay, that's why Charlie's Angels failed because the new one, which I need to watch, I need to find it. But the new Charlie's Angels failed because those girls don't have any charisma. Hello? They just like bumps on the log, walking around a movie, don't nobody care. Why did the new Charlie's Angels fail? Those girls don't have no charisma. They have no charisma, no pop, nothing. So yeah, okay, now I'm done. I'm seriously done with talking about charisma. I've been babbling off of that like for no reason for a long time. Anyway, um, I think I am done for tonight. I think I have wasted enough of your time. I'm trying to get better at this. I'm saying um a lot and I am babbling, but you know what? I am very comfortable right now sitting in my room just talking about movies and saying um, which I'm trying to work on and just sort of speaking freely. I just hope I'm clear, you can understand me. So I hope you all have a wonderful night. I hope you are staying wonderful and safe. Um, And I hope you are listening. If not, it's cool too. I still enjoy doing this. And so I'll have a good night and I'll see you the next one. Bye.